Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Time to get this boat rowing. I just, I'm running out of funny puns. Maybe they're not even funny. I don't know. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. You got your engines revved for a big weekend, huh? Got your black and white out. You got your parties, got your coolers packed, and all sorts of great traditions. It is one of the finest in Indiana. A lot of things going on. We got. The parade, I know a lot of folks headed downtown. Should be great weather. Should be a great race. And uh, hopefully you've got your tradition set. We're going to kick things off with the uh, big weekend here called Indiana Outdoors. It, it makes the Indy 500 special when you can kick it off with the Indiana Outdoor Show. At least that's what I'm going with. Captain Jack Quillen is going to be with us, law enforcement. We've got some law enforcement memorials going on, as they should be. It's a very dangerous job. We're going to talk about that. Canines graduating with their handlers. And most importantly, safety on the water. A lot of folks are going to be out, maybe listening to the race in the water and reminders of water safety. Mark Becker talking about Next Trails. You've probably seen it and heard about it. It's been in the news all over the state of Indiana. The next tranche of funding for next level trails. We're going to tell you what that's all about. And White Pine Wilderness Academy, one of my favorites here in Indianapolis. We're going to talk to Matt Scholl, the executive director how you can get your kids involved this summer. It's a big show. I don't want to take any time away from Captain Jet when we return. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Happy holiday weekend so many things in indiana this time of the year so many traditions a lot of folks in town maybe you're listening to us for the first time and you found us we're here each and every saturday it is the indiana outdoor show we're brought to you by our good friends at indiana donor network driven to save lives.org how appropriate driven see what they did there driven to save lives.org you can sign up to be an organ and tissue donor when you buy your hunting and fishing license couldn't be any easier to help Hoosiers get off that donor transplant list. And, of course, I, your host, Brian Pointer. Uh, needless to say, big weekend in Indiana and big holiday, families, friends, traditions, and gatherings. This is also a time of the year when folks like to get their boats out in the water. Several have already been out. I know that because people have been telling me how great it is to be back out on the water. But here to remind us of water safety and all things law enforcement is our good friend, Captain Jet Quillen. It's great to have you back, Captain. How you been? 
good to be back. I've been great. Appreciate it. Thanks. How has your spring been? I know that you are a busy man and a lot of things going on in your own personal world, but tell me how you've been. Busy. <laughs> Which is good, good. We like to be busy, um, but uh, you know, a lot of things going on, a lot of good stuff, a lot of, a lot of people out and about, and uh, enjoying our natural resources, and uh, you know that that makes the heart feel good. It does indeed, and there's no opening uh, officially, but when we've had such great spring weather here in Indiana, a lot of folks have decided early to put their boats in the waters and get out on our waterways but this weekend is a big weekend where a lot of folks will be enjoying the holiday weekend and with that combining it with water brings its own unique set of challenges it's not just this weekend it's every day and every time you get into a boat i thought it'd be a good refresher just to kind of talk about generally boating laws uh, as well as safety and and as you know i'm a huge proponent of our men and women in the green uniform that is law enforcement for our department of natural resources all working their holiday weekend to make sure that you come back safely for the next opportunity but let's remind people what it is about boating that they need to remember this time of the year and always yeah, yeah. So we 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 kind of consider Memorial Day weekend our big uh, kickoff to the boating season, um, and, and a lot of people will be uh, you know getting away for that extended weekend, getting out on the water, uh, you know, just wanting to have a good time, and 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 we understand that, and most of the boaters uh, they haven't been on the water since last year, so they're just getting back out, but. You know, it starts off with safety at home and talking to uh, the family members, the kids about water safety and the dangers of water. Um, It doesn't matter if you're a good swimmer. Um, Knowing there's uh, always a danger there and and taking those safety precautions up front and being aware of them uh, just goes a long way. And and we always promote the, you know, life jackets, uh, save lives and, and wear it Indiana and all that. Um, so, I mean, that's the big thing is, is life jackets. If you're going to be on or around the water, um, wear your life jackets. It, it, they, they have proven to save lives and keep people safe. So that's our big push. Well, I feel like a broken record here with you, but it's bearing the necessity to repeat because there are still accidents and nobody wakes up. This is our statement that you and I have talked about. Nobody wakes up that day and says, hey, today we're going to go out and have a boating accident. And the tragedies that sometimes times result. You brought up a couple things that I just want to hover on for a second because you can be a great swimmer. You can be in the best physical shape. You can be, uh, my gosh, uh, an ultra marathoner. And when you climb a mountain, altitude sickness can get you at any time. And a good analogy is same thing. If you are a swimmer, you think you're a great swimmer when you are under stress and you're under duress uh, and find yourself in the water. A lot of things happen that are not natural and panic sets in. And next thing you know, you are without a loved one. So yeah, the, me- the, uh, the message you I, bring I, I, there is a good one. It doesn't matter if you consider yourself a good swimmer. It doesn't disqualify you from wearing that personal flotation device. Right. And unfortunately, I've been involved in a lot of a lot of scenes where we're searching for people that went missing in the water. And when we're interviewing uh, family members or witnesses that that might have seen it take place, it was always it's 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 really surprising how often you hear, well, they were a good swimmer or they were a strong swimmer. 
it, it doesn't matter. Uh, you, too many variables come into play, and we call them accidents for a reason. It, it's uh, we don't know exactly always what happens, but we do know that if they have a life jacket on, they will be safe. Well, let's. That's the other area I wanted to focus on because. The life jackets of when you and I were youngsters are not the life jackets, the personal flotation devices, the PFDs. I don't care what you call them. They're lifesavers. And the days of old where you had those old, moldy, nasty things that your uncle or your grandparents pulled out from underneath uh, a cushion somewhere that went around your neck and made you look like your dog that just got out of surgery or something and uncomfortable are not what we are dealing with today. There's absolutely no reason in today's age as of technology and comfort. There are personal flotation device, whether you're a fisherman and you have a around your shoulders and it's self-inflating or you have a life jacket, which is what everybody's probably used to today with the buckles in the front. They're comfortable. And you, if, if you don't have them on, they don't do you much good in a time of an emergency because it happens so quickly. So are you going with the wording life jackets or is it personal flotation devices? I know a lot of money has been spent on education. Right. Yeah. We, we say life jackets are uh, our, our personal flotation devices. Is PFDs, but the, the term that everybody seems to understand is life jackets. Yep. And, and you're absolutely right. The the design of of life jackets nowadays they're more streamlined, they're more comfortable, they're less bulky, they're more uh, cool uh, and comfortable out in the heat. Uh, there's so many variables that have been uh, worked on to improve uh, our life jackets. Um, there really is no excuse nowadays for for someone not to have them on. Um, it's just comes down to that person's making that choice well we all know i don't want to make that statement i'm going to retract what i just said we should all be aware of the boating laws and the fact that they mirror more or less a moving car or operating a motor vehicle but what is the law when it pertains to life jackets in a boat? Because a lot of people are going to be piling on pontoons and speedboats as guests, and they just assume that their driver is fine and there's not going to be any problems, and they don't necessarily see a whole pile of life jackets. What is the law? Yeah, so the law is going to read that a life jacket needs to be available per person. So every person on that vessel needs to have a life jacket. It needs to be size appropriate for that person. Uh, good working condition and easily accessible. So uh, if they're locked away under your seats or locked away in your live well, that's not going to be easily accessible. Um, They need to be uh, where someone can get to them quickly if something does go wrong. Um, And and size appropriate does not mean that an adult size life jacket is going to fit a a four-year-old. It needs to have a a four-year-old needs to have a life jacket that is designed for them. So we need to have them fitting correctly and be there where where someone can get to them if if they need them. Well, and that's great but you know wearing them because you've you, you've been around it firsthand and god bless you for that because i don't know how the officers who have to see this and deal with this can handle it but you guys do because you're well trained and you're professionals and you put yourself ahead of everybody else so we can just leave that commercial aside just for a second um having them accessible doesn't do you jack you know what if you're all of a sudden lunged from a boat because they did an evasive maneuver and you're in the water it's kind of too late at that point so put the damn things on right yeah yeah we always suggest wearing them absolutely just because you, you 
you never know when something's going to happen. You never know. And it's not just the people in your boat. It's the other boaters on the waterways or it's the other things that could happen that you can't predict. And um, that's why we, we always promote wearing those all the time. So Captain Jet Quillen is our guest, and we appreciate your – it's tree stand safety in the fall. It's the life jackets and the personal safety issues. But what about intoxication? I'm a friend of a lot of folks who enjoy their cocktails. I'm one of them. And it's, it's a perfect combination of relaxation when you get a bunch of youngsters and adults on the boat and you have a cooler there. But what are the laws pertaining to operating a boat? Yeah, so so operating a uh, alcohol in boats, it, it like you said earlier, mirrors the motor vehicle laws. It's point oh eight the legal limit. So if you're point oh eight, you are intoxicated, and uh, you can be subject to being arrested for boating while intoxicated. Um, it holds the same uh, penalties as a uh, as a doing it in your motor vehicle. Um, just much more dangerous on the water. Um, there is no open container law on boats, so um, you're, you're, you're able to have open containers in the boats as you're on the water, um, but we always promote to uh, drink responsibly, have a designated sober operator at all times, and uh, make sure that that person um, is, is sticking to that and, and ensuring that they're being safe for everybody else. So I appreciate that. Is there anything else that I haven't talked about other than one of your favorite expressions that I've stolen and used repeatedly? Law enforcement officers are not out to steal your fun pie. And, you know, they're not out to they're not out to ruin your weekend. They want to make sure you come back safety. Treat them with respect. What else haven't I missed? Yeah, we're we're not the fun police. We uh, we we want everybody to go out and have the time of their lives, but do it safely and get home safely. Um, just uh, you know, plan for your trips. Have those conversations with your family members about being safe. Um, having that uh, sober operator, uh, having the life jackets required, and, and just going out and, and having fun. Stay hydrated. Um, you know, follow all those boating laws, and, and we'll have another great weekend. Hey, very quickly in the short time we have left um leading up to memorial day weekend a a somber holiday uh yes there's a lot of fun activities and get-togethers but it is a remembrance weekend for those that have fallen you had a special occasion uh earlier in the midweek last week uh recognizing fallen officers tell us about that yeah, so this past week we, we held our annual memorial service for our fallen officers for our agency. Um, we've lost seven officers in the line of duty. Um, just an opportunity for, for our agency to get together with the, the surviving families um, and, and pay some, some respect and, and homage to the officers that gave that ultimate sacrifice. Well, our, our law enforcement in DNR, oldest law enforcement uh, branch in government, very prideful group. They are out there putting themselves in danger literally every day, extremely well qualified as all law enforcement and first responders are, deal with very different things every day that we don't want to ever have to deal with, and it's dangerous. So the memorial is fitting, and I'm, I'm uh, so glad. Where was that held? Uh, downtown at the, uh, the government center. Got it. And also, another big day. You know I love my canines. You had some graduates? Yeah, we, we graduated seven new uh, canine teams uh, from the Indiana Conservation Officer uh, 
resource protection uh, program school, um, two for, from Indiana, and then we also had participants from uh, Kansas, Oregon, and Utah. So another great school that was put on here in Indiana and uh, an invaluable tool that we have uh, to help uh, protect our natural resources. Well, we've done shows and kind segments over the years and just how outstanding these canines are and how invaluable they are. Full-fledged officers uh, that uh, have a great relationship with their handlers. Many of them are rescued animals. Do you, just real quickly, any any background and kind of a general consensus of where these graduates came from? Yeah, yeah. Two of them were donated to us from uh, from the public, um, so that, that's always great. I, I can't speak on the ones coming from out of state, um, but you know, it's just so. Uh, the backing that we get from the public on our canine program is it's so wonderful that you know we get people that reach out to us and they want to to donate the next uh, officer for our for our canine program and that's that that makes our our job identifying and locating those those future officers so much so much easier and so much better well you are generous with your time this holiday weekend i know you got a whole bunch you got a big family yourself any any holiday traditions on memorial day for you oh we gotta we gotta watch the race or listen to the race at least this weekend so you're in an area that's not blacked out i hope well, it, it'll be blacked out, but uh, we, we might be traveling to some family uh, members' house <laughs> on that day to, down south to uh, maybe watch that race. Well, we can't thank you and all the law enforcement officers. Again, my message to everybody is be respectful to them. I've never met one who has been uh, anything other than professional in what they do. So if they approach you, uh, do you have advice on how, real quick, do you have advice uh, besides being nice? Yeah, just uh, be, be – they're just like anybody else. They like to be treated uh, with, with respect and friendly, and, and uh, that's really it. They're, they're, our officers are, are wonderful people. Like I said earlier, they want you to have a good time. They just want to make sure everybody's doing that correctly. So Following be friendly, laws. wave to them, and um, I have no <laughs> doubt we'll have a great weekend. Captain, great to be with you. Have a great holiday weekend yourself, and thanks for being a part of Indiana Outdoors. Appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Thanks to Captain Jack Quillen. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. We're going to be back right after this. So good to be with you. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. As always, big weekend here in the state of Indiana. We are brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives. That's the number two. I am your host, Brian Pointer. Many thanks to all the stations across this great Hoosier land who carry us. Uh, As mentioned, Captain Jet Quillen earlier in the show, Water safety, wear your PFDs, got a memorial uh, celebrations for those in law enforcement who lost their lives. We always remember the reason for this weekend, or at least I hope. And then there's a big race. But we have some other big announcements. As I mentioned earlier, Mark Becker joins us, and it seems like we are constantly having uh, land acquisition and talking about next level trails. Mark Becker is the assistant director of land acquisition, spends a lot of his time on that initiative. It's great to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors. You got big plans this weekend? I do. I'll be going to the race. 
All right. You have traditions and customs and things that you like? Yes. I'm, there's a, a group that I've been going to the race with for a uh, number of years now. I usually sit in Tower Terrace and uh, be bringing my nine-year-old son along this year. Boy, I tell you what, making new traditions. Has he been before? Yep, this will be his third race. Oh, good for you. Well, I know that there's a lot of folks in town maybe listening for the first time. We're here each and every Saturday. It's Indiana Outdoors. And you have what we call job security based on the fact that these next level trails initiatives uh, seem to be rolling uh, this spring. The fourth tranche, I used a big word there, I know it's early on a Saturday morning, but a big release of the fourth funding of this next level trails. Explain what that is for people. And then we've had some new openings of trails. seems like the governor's been all over the state of Indiana. Explain what's been happening. Sure. So um, we have we have had the pleasure of spending a little bit of time with the governor here recently uh, in Salem and also up in Elkhart. And at the, a ribbon cutting in Elkhart, the governor announced the details of our fourth round of next level trails funding. Uh, the most recent state budget included a thirty million dollar appropriation for next level trails. That takes uh, the total for the program. Uh, since its inception, up to $180 million during Governor Holcomb's uh, time as governor. Um, he announced the application window for that $30 million um, will be July 1 through August 1, so August 1 deadline uh, for applications. And we're really excited to get more uh, more trail on the ground. You know, we, we throw that off and it rolls off the tongue real easy, but making trails happen in the state of Indiana doesn't happen without great partnerships, sophisticated funding, commitment to get things through the legislature. And you talked about Governor Holcomb, and this will be one of his legacies that it certainly comes, but that $180 million, where did that come from? Well, it's come in three different um state budgets. Um, the initial $90 million um, branch, I'll, I'll use your word. There you go. Uh, for, the, uh, for the program came from the renegotiated lease of the Indiana Toll Road. Uh, $90 million uh, of that was set aside for trail development. And then two years ago, the state budget included $60 million, uh, which is redirected from the American Rescue Plan Act. And now this latest state budget includes $30 million of, of uh, appropriation capital funds from the, from the General Assembly. You know, the trails are expensive. It's not like you go out with a hoe and a rake and make a trail. These things are expensive to build. And when the governor goes and opens these new extensions or additions, this is a big deal for commerce, for economic development, for local communities, connectivity, quality of life. I could go on and on, but there's a reason that it rises to that level. How does this all come together? It takes a lot of people, it takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of money. It it does take all of those, and really, um, there's a lot of energy around these projects at the local grassroots level, um, be it a local unit of government or oftentimes a nonprofit trail organization that really, uh, they do the hard work of putting together these projects, uh, doing, you know, paying for design, uh, 
putting together matching partners and and then ultimately putting together a, a grant application. So they have a lot of skin in the game. And, you know, our role is as the, you know, sort of as a grant administrator is to as to award the funds and, and we do oversee, you know, some aspects of the design and such, but it's really the applicants that are going, are doing the contracting, uh, doing the design work and really making it happen. So we couldn't, we could not do it without those local partners leading the way. Mark Becker is joining us this morning. He is the assistant director of land acquisition for the state. I, I love the fact that, this has been something that will be in perpetuity. What's the what's kind of looking ahead? What's next? What can other Hoosiers expect in the, in the coming months and years? Well, in the coming uh, months, we've got a bunch of ribbon cuttings on the books. Um, in fact, to tie it back to the uh, racetrack, we've got one coming up uh, in the town of Speedway for a section of the B&O Trail that runs uh, from Michigan uh, West Michigan Street um, up to the town of Speedway. If you're in Speedway, you might uh, encounter it along 10th Street where it crosses Little Eagle Creek. And then there's an impressive bridge out on the west side of Speedway near High School Road uh, that goes over Eagle Creek. It's a really neat project, adds a lot of connectivity to downtown Indianapolis on the cultural trail. And ultimately extend that B&O trail out uh, into you know Western Hendricks County. So, if you're in and around the track uh, for the race, or maybe you noticed it while you were out there on Carb Day, um, take a look at that new B&O trail. It's really neat. No problem. You know, as I said, it seems like the weekly, the monthly, there's these new announcements. Is there a place, a portal where people can go and say, hey, what's the grand strategy here? Where's this going? What's going to happen in the coming years with this? Because several things are in works that take a long time. You heard about grant funding applications due, et cetera. Where can people go? Well, probably the easiest way is to just Google Next Level Trails, but directly, uh, I think you can get there by going to on.in.gov slash next level trails. Well, Mark, we can't thank you enough. It's always great. See, you're Mr. Feelgood here for Indiana Outdoors. You always bring good news, but it doesn't come with a lot of hard work all the staff and land acquisition and all the great partners that come together. Thank you so much for bringing some some uh, just optimistic news, great stuff for these local communities on this holiday weekend. Keep up the great work, and I'm sure you're going to have an open phone here for the months and years to come. Thanks for being a part of it. Glad to do it. Thanks, Brian. My pleasure. Thanks, Mark. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives. Sign up to be an organ and tissue donor, and then get your hunting and fishing license couldn't be any easier we're going to be back right after this oh the show rolls on what a great weekend we've had here in the state of indiana beautiful weather We've got a parade going on. We've got a race, I think. I think the race is this weekend. You know I'm joking. we got a big weekend, and it's kicked off here with Indian Outdoors. I've said this for 24 years on Indian Outdoors. The race wouldn't be what it is today if it weren't for the leadoff and the kickoff of this great weekend because of Indian Outdoors. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Many thanks to Mark Becker talking about 
these next level trails, some $180 million, the fourth tranche released, big stuff all over the state of Indiana, many more ribbon cuttings. This is a big deal for the state of Indiana. Let's pay close attention to how that comes about in the coming years. Of course, this weekend, a big boating weekend, water safety. Many thanks to Captain Quillen from law enforcement. Nobody's out to steal your fun pie. They just want to come out and make sure you have all the things you need to get out and do it again next week. Speaking of feel-good stuff, White Pine Wilderness Academy, located here right in the heart of Indianapolis. And Matt Scholl joins us. He's the executive director. Matt, it's been a, a minute or two since you and I have connected, but it's great to talk to you again. How you been? How is White Pine Academy? It's awesome. Thanks for having me on, Brian. Um, we just continue to grow and fulfill our mission of addressing nature deficit disorder in the Indianapolis area. Um, we're doing camps for all ages. Uh, we expanded to working with three-year-olds now, so we have a woolly bears class uh, for three- and four-year-olds, and then just growing out to teen programs and adult programs. And uh, we became a nonprofit about a year and a half ago, so we've been receiving donations and that's allowed us to uh expand our our um enrollment support for folks we have a co-op model in our forest school that goes year round and we're just out there every day making fires with the kids tracking animals making traps uh building shelters foraging plants just having a ball so you brought up a concept which has become uh an industry word uh nature deficit disorder it's a big deal and it's a real deal explain what this is and why white pine is trying to fill that gap well that term was coined by a guy named richard louvre who came and spoke at butler university and we met a lot of folks there um he coined that term about, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. He has a series of books. I highly recommend him. Um, but that that term um, came from the book Last Child in the Woods. And he um, he's a journalist. He's not a nature connection facilitator, but he, he noticed something that was missing in our culture. He noticed that those voices in the neighborhood of the parents calling their kids home at night, you know, come on in, it's time for dinner. Right. Those are fading out. You know, the uh, tree houses aren't being built and the the dirt trails with the dirt bike trails, those are fading away. Um, All of it is fading away and it's being replaced by these digital engagements, um, video games and just these platforms that um, serve the same purpose in the brain that used to be um, served by going out and engaging in risky play with your friends and that loss is tragic to mental and physical and emotional development and so we are really on the front lines of it that's part of why i chose to be located in an urban area because that's where it's the worst and kids come to us and the fact that we can put a knife in their hands and a flint striker and and put a bow in their hands and you know it takes something like that Um, to compare to the engagement that they get from these video platforms. And when they feel the exhilaration of that risky play again, and they feel the trust, like, hey, we we trust you with this. We know you're going to use this knife properly. Doesn't mean you're not going to get cut. Doesn't mean you're not going to fall and hit your head. Doesn't, you know, doesn't, they, they feel that we trust them with that risk and it's empowering to them. And they start to rebuild those relationships 
with their environment that have been lost. Boy, I'm sure glad you answered that question rather than me, because that was very, very well stated. And, you know, it is a lost generation. I can tell you, even from my kids, I was one who encouraged what you call risky play. Go out and experience, do things. I took them into the woods when we could. I did things that I did when I was growing up or encouraged them to do that. But I can tell you when I was, I'm a man of a certain age, approaching my 60 birthday here in a few years. But I remember growing up, you know, we built complex, we we built complex structures out of nothing, you know, and we would go into the the woods and build tunnels and trails and went to the creek and caught crawdads. And we disappeared for hours. And my mom and my dad always trusted that we were going to do what we did. And we came back with stories and adventures and we got kids from the neighborhood. And it just seems like, man, that doesn't that doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. And I don't know if it weren't for you and organizations like White Pine Wilderness Academy, what we would do. So this summer's coming up. And part of the reason I wanted to get in touch with you is if kids are looking for something to do, parents want them to experience this, maybe try to get ahead of this. What do they do? Where do they contact? And what do you have available? Well, we've got a website, uh, whitepinewilderness.org. Email us academy at whitepinewilderness.org if you would like to enroll. Um, Unfortunately, our summer camps sell out like almost instantly, but we do have some openings in uh, teen programs. We have two teen weeks this summer that have not sold out. Um, Those are some of my favorites. Uh, Teens can build up to be instructor assistants really rapidly, and so they become part of our team. Um, We have a wait list on there, too, so you can get on the wait list. Uh, But you can also, if you're thinking about it, some parents work with this concept called flex days, and they can get a flex day from their school if you're in public school. If you're a homeschool parent, then get in. We've got plenty of space. We're enrolling for next year. Um, But the flex day concept is you you pull your kid out of school one day a week to come to forest school and, you know, just think of that that uh, Richard Louvre concept, he actually made a prescription pad that doctors could write on a prescription instead of medication that he, they could put down. Your kid needs time in nature. And so p- parents are pulling their kids out of school one day a week to come to White Pine, and it's just awesome. It works out great, and their grades improve. But um, check out our after-school programs, too. Uh, lots of ways to plug in. Just you know, reach out to us, um, give us a call or send us an email and, uh, you can come in as a village keeper if you're an adult and you can start to assist and that gives you a discount for your kids, if not free enrollment. I love it. Uh, Lots of ways to plug in. Really appreciate you spending some time here on this big weekend and a great niche that you have filled and so needed in our world and society and if it weren't for great people like you who've taken a vision and made it a reality you're helping a lot of kids and families matt thanks so much uh go to white pine academy just google it get in touch with them thanks for being a part of indiana outdoors always an open phone hearing my friend Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to savelives.org. We're going to be back right after this. I told you we were going to have fun. We always have fun. 
It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer, Captain of Fun. We are here this weekend as we are each and every Saturday. If you're new because you're in town or maybe you've listened to us, forgot about us, we're here each and every week on this holiday weekend. I do remind folks it's called Memorial Day weekend for a reason. And although there are great things, great traditions, a lot of fun, a lot of adult beverages, a lot of uh, meat being burned on grills, remember that there are a lot of folks who gave lives, who continue to give lives in protecting and serving in a variety of ways, whether it's law enforcement with conservation officers or it's police or military or fire or first responders. It is our duty to honor and memorialize them and there's a lot of that going on so thank you for everybody who protects and serves thank you to captain jet quillen speaking of which reminding us about water safety we've got some canines that are graduating i love those stories we're always going to promote that one of my favorite programs in the state of indiana and of course officer memorials taking place earlier this week mark becker talking about next trails this is a big deal follow these new trails being developed it's a lot of money being invested in the state of indiana and all hoosiers are going to benefit white pine wilderness academy if you don't know what to do with your kids (laughs) Ah, that sounded weird but it is true if you want to give them an opportunity to cure some of that nature deficit disorder white pine academy here in indianapolis just google them white pine wilderness academy and we thank matt shoal for being a part of us folks it is the indiana outdoor show each and every week we're brought to you by indiana donor network remember to turn in a poacher 1-800-TIP-I-D-N-R be safe enjoy the race i'll see you outside everybody have a good weekend Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.